Welcome back in to LA Gridiron Weekly, and I'm going to get right to the guest because a guy who I really value his opinion, I value his job and what he does because he's so good at it. He is the voice of the Los Angeles Rams. He is the one JB Long. JB, it has been way too long since we've had a chance to catch up. I know we've enjoyed our downtime, but the NFL draft brings us back together, man, and I'm so happy to be back with you. How you been? How are you doing? Well, I love it as well, and uh, it's a nice little spot between two of my favorite kind of tent pole offseason events, as you know, right. uh, the draft certainly, but I also really geek out over the schedule release. Uh, one, because I just think it's, it's, it's a great day on the calendar, and also mostly because it allows me to kind of set my calendar for the balance of the year, right, because now I know where we're going to be and when. Uh, some peripheral ways it's like a reflection of how good does the league and its network tv partners see your team yeah. and i imagine uh, the rams and, and their opponents will be thought of pretty highly especially as we get a, a chance to relaunch sofi stadium which is uh, looking yeah. good behind you there kirk oh yeah appreciate it man appreciate it jb uh that's the one thing i know when i whenever i talk to jp jb we're always on the same page because that was like one of my last questions I had written down for you. We got to talk about this schedule. Oh, JB's already on top of it. I know JB is already. I got I got a cool lens to look through that when we get there. Um, not oh. just the team versus team, but I want to talk about one other element of it just as a tease ahead. God, see, man, this is I told you every time I talk to JB Long, everybody, um, I just feel always that much smarter. And you can also follow him on Twitter and get some of these outstanding nuggets and gems that JB drops along on Twitter at JB underscore underscore long at jb underscore long but jb i kind of want to start here though because we all know you as the voice of the rams right we know you as uh one of the leading voices also in college sports college basketball college football but how did jb long go from bellarmine prep high school in san jose <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's the voice of the rams it's been five years and just for people who are just now getting to know you and know your voice and they hear your calls how did you just kind of give the journey to the Los Angeles Rams for you? Well, I don't want to take it all away from high school, but <laughs> the, the only connection to high school is that, you know, I was a prep athlete, went to a, a very um, athletic high school. That was part of the reason why I ended up there. And uh, clearly my talent had run out by age, whatever that was, 16, <laughs> 17, 18. Uh, so varsity was as, as far as it was going to go. And I think I left, wanting to stay connected to sports somehow, but not necessarily thinking about it professionally. So I went to Notre Dame and pursued my finance degree. Um, mm -hmm. And then ultimately just uh, had a couple of, you know, mile markers along the way and some really positive influences who I think uh, pushed me in a direction that uh, I've now made a career out of. And however many years it's been, 16, mm -hmm. I haven't worked a day in my life as a result. Uh, the, the Rams is just a a blessing that I can't explain the perfect confluence of events and intervention, uh, none of which I can take credit for, but I'm sure glad it worked out the way it did because uh, Los Angeles is where I was born. It feels like home for me and my family now that we're here and have roots uh, reestablished and the Rams organization has just been uh, beyond tremendous uh, to me. So I look forward to turning five or whatever it's been at <laughs> 15 and 50, I hope. Yeah. The one thing, though, JB, is that you're very talented at what you do in terms of being the voice of the Rams. But I mentioned you cover uh, basketball, you've covered baseball, you've done. Um, what is it now? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what's the sport that you have not done, JB, what's the, <laughs> or, or the sport that you're like, you know what, I would love to take a crack at that. 
Well, the one that I haven't done, at least at any competitive level, and wouldn't touch is hockey. I just have so really? much <laughs> for that sport. I really enjoy watching it, especially in person. But it is so different, I think, from what I've done and what I've grown up with that I think it would be disrespectful of me to even give it a go. I, I think it's the one that you can really tell those who are born and raised in the sport, have connections to it, understand it conceptually, and I do not. That being said, I've done some pretty uh, off the map sort of things, including fencing along the way, uh, giving <laughs> wrestling a go. Uh, you know, I've done, I've done even traditional sports like baseball in different formats like virtual reality. So yeah. I, I'm always up for a challenge like that that kind of exercises uh, a different part of my brain. Even doing the NCAA tournament this past year for Westwood One, I did that as a studio host, which is not my forte. I wouldn't say it's where the bulk of my resume lies. I prefer to prep and call the game itself and let it rip. Um, but to go through that exercise uh, makes me appreciate those of you who do it and do it so well and uh, provide support to those of us who are in the field. So. Uh, every experience in this line of work is a good experience, and I think it's all additive. Just speak with the voice of the Rams, the Rams play-by-play man, J.B. Long, joining L.A. Gridiron Weekly. And, J.B., before we get to some football, finally, um, but just this, uh, I guess, this new renaissance of new voices of Los Angeles. And because I, I team you with Joe Davis, who we know is the voice of the Dodgers, and even Noah Eagles, the voice of the Clippers. You know, it's this young, youthful generation of guys that, you know, I actually went to high school the same years that they went to high school. But this this youthfulness now that you see uh, in terms of this younger broadcasting group, uh, how do you guys kind of see it? Do you guys keep in contact? But Because I feel like you guys are all in this new little fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you may say youthful, but you're making me feel old because of how much younger and talented uh, those guys are. Oh, man, you're a young guy, JB. Stop it. All of them. <laughs> no, I mean, my welcome to the NFL moment is I think I was the youngest league announcer uh, when we started in 2016. Yes. And by January of 17, I was older than my head coach. <laughs> so that was one of those life comes at you quickly sort of moments. Um, but yeah, I have gotten to uh, meet Joe and Noah and uh, Brian and Alex Faust from the Kings and I have yes. uh, lived nearby and played some golf. And I mean, I'm just privileged to be associated with them and so many other great ones through our industry. I think particularly here in Los Angeles, given the long line of predecessors we each have, yes, it's incumbent upon us to treat our craft the way it deserves to be treated and to give it our earnest, uh, good faith, best effort to kind of uphold that standard. Because I think the ear, the listening ear in Los Angeles for sports fans is so discerning and so educated that if we don't, it'll ring hollow and it won't work. Uh, so I hope speaking specifically to the Rams audience that I've done a capable job of that. And through my own experience, goodness, I know that that Joe, gosh, taking over for Vin and just knocking it out of the park the way that he yeah. has unparalleled, you know, Ralph Lawler to Brian and, and Noah with the Clippers, mm -hmm. another great example. Uh, it, almost without exception, I think all of those hires have been home runs. Uh, if I'm a double off the wall, I would, <laughs> I would be proud of that by comparison. <laughs> oh, man, very well said, man. Well, well put as well, man. J.B. Long, voice of the Rams here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. All right, now let's get to some football, J.B. Um, the draft is over, and the Rams went out and uh, 
didn't have a first round pick, which we're kind of used to. We, we're used to not having first round picks for the Rams here in Los Angeles. But their first pick of the draft was in the second round. They drafted Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver from Louisville. Uh, third round, they drafted Ernest Jones, linebacker from South Carolina. And then there's some other players as well. I thought that they filled out their draft well. Just your overall look of what the, dra- of the, what the Rams did draft weekend, how would you assess it? Well, I think you have to start kind of where you started, which is reminding yourself that the reason you didn't have a first round pick is because you do have an all pro corner in Jalen Ramsey. And when Correct. you unwind that deal right now in retrospect, if you could, absolutely not. I mean, right. you wish Jacksonville the best with the selections they've made. Maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. Uh, but especially now having extended Jalen Ramsey, having had his services lead you to the number one defense in the National Football League last year seeing all the different ways he can impact a game besides just being a shutdown corner, you would take him over and over and over again Absolutely. at the end of that first round and feel grateful that you did. Uh, you know, kind of moving on to, I think, higher order priorities for this draft. In retrospect, it was clear that becoming more explosive on offense truly was the utmost priority. We've heard Sean McVay say that. We've seen it evidenced in the Rams' transactions. Mm-hmm. whether it's trading for Matthew Stafford, trying to get more vertical in their passing game, taking a chance on Deshaun Jackson at the tail end of his playing career in the hopes of really threatening the top shelf of that defense and keeping them more honest. And then especially now with the first pick of 2-2 Atwell, because you could have identified any number of needs positionally. Right. And receiver, well, I think you can see the thought process, would not have ranked very highly in that group. You could have quite simply gone into next year with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, and felt like you'd have a fighting chance on the perimeter in any game. Um, but for what Sean McVay wants this offense to get back to, it was worth spending that 57th overall selection for a luxury pick to kind of change your game and your passing approach. Uh, and then I think the other thing that's notable is about the needs they didn't address. Uh, one would be on the edge. Uh, Not going until the very last and ninth pick of the draft before they took an outside linebacker. Given the uncertainty with respect to Terrell Lewis's knee Mm -hmm. uh, and the injury history he's had and losing Samson Abukam to San Francisco within the division, I think you could have easily said that's a high value position. It's where a lot of teams draft their depth. It was a good class in that regard. It was a high price tag position in free agency this offseason. All those reasons you could have said, Top two or three picks, if one of them was an outside linebacker, wouldn't be surprised. And yet they didn't. Likewise for offensive line. This was thought to be a pretty deep offensive line class, talented. The Rams losing Austin Blythe, their center from last year. Mm-hmm. I would have put pretty good odds on them selecting a, an offensive lineman and picking one pretty high. Instead, here goes another draft where they did not select one. And I think that's a testament to how strongly they feel about their group internally and also comparatively if you take contracts and and everything out of it, who in that subset of, let's say 10 offensive linemen, are you willing to swap out for a rookie this year? Right. And that's essentially the calculus that they made. And we'll see whether it, it bears out right. 17 game season, aging, Andrew Whitworth, all these other factors that we could spend a whole show on. They may be right. They may be wrong, but cutting that corner allowed them to focus in some other areas. Yeah. I think you hit it on there. They, they, felt that what we have in our group is probably is a lot better than bringing in a rookie who's you got to teach all over again. I thought that was huge. The, the one pick that really got me excited, though, JB, was the second to last pick, 
right? The uh, Jake Funk, the fullback, running back from Maryland. Did Sean McVay draft a fullback? <laughs> you know, from speaking with uh, Sean, Les, the scouts, the evaluators, it doesn't seem that way. I think they very much look at him as a running back. Okay. They draft him in the seventh round almost as a jump start on the college free agent process as someone who they feel confident is not only going to make the team, but is going to be dressed on game day to play special teams because of his desire and aptitude in that regard. And if he can do that first, if he can lock that role down as a core specialist, then he becomes a pretty solid candidate to maybe grow into what was the Malcolm Brown role within this offense for the last mm. several years. Uh, I think we're all looking forward to Cam Akers becoming more of an every down Todd Gurley type back. Right. He put that on display in the tail end of last season. But nonetheless, running back depth, uh, you can never have too much of it. And especially when you can have a player fill that role as an RB3 or even four on game day, uh, knowing that he's going to contribute throughout special teams. So Jake has a huge chip on his shoulder, among many reasons, because he's been projected as a fullback. But they actually graded him as one of their favorite running backs, taking all the other peripherals out of it in this class. We'll see whether or not it translates to the NFL. Just a couple more minutes here with J.B. Long, the Rams play-by-play, the voice of the Rams here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Uh, I think the big question now coming up, J.B., is that the Rams got their players in the draft. They signed their undrafted free agents. But for you and I, the big day is coming up Wednesday, May 12th, schedule release day. And I know you got some nuggets and some gems for me, but we all look at that schedule and you get excited because – Now you can start to circle the matchups that you want to see. You'll know when they are, where the games will be played at. We already have that down already. But for you, what's the game you most look forward to seeing? I think it would have been the same answer before the draft, but even more so now, Mm -hmm. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, The move they made at three, the way they did it, they clearly think they've got someone special. They think they've got – the potential to put themselves in that Patrick Mahomes tier, whether or not Trey Lance proves to be that guy, who knows. But in this escalating arms race within the NFC West, that was a pretty bold step that they just took. Yeah. Really bold step. And whether or not he starts right away, whether or not the Rams see Garoppolo once or twice this year or not at all remains to be seen. But whoever is behind center for San Francisco, that's become the most significant game on the Rams schedule because Sean McVay and the Rams have torched the Arizona Cardinals. They've had the better of the Seattle Seahawks, including two out of three in a playoff win last year. While they have had their moments against San Francisco, even when San Francisco has been down, they've gotten the Rams. And those have been some really painful, costly losses. And I think it's time for the sake of the fan base and certainly for the sake of the organization to get that right. Um, can I reveal my other uh, lens now for this? Yes, you can, please. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. This is the highlight of the show here, the JB Long, JB Long lens. I don't think this is unique to the Rams or to Jalen Ramsey, which is where I'm going. But when I look at it through Jalen's eyes, I think it's incredible because the other thing that the NFC West in particular is doing is loading up at wide receiver. And when you combine that with some of the non-division games that land on the Rams schedule this year, put yourself in Jalen's shoes. And your fall is going to feature DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel again, but also 
Adams from Green Bay, Jefferson from Minnesota, Mike Evans and everything that Tampa Bay brings, Brown from Tennessee, Allen Robinson from Chicago, even all the way going down to like the likes of Brandon Cooks, right? A former Ram, yeah, former Ram. Houston, probably one of the games that you would not necessarily circle on the on the calendar. Like when you invest in someone at that position and trust him to shut down a player or a side of the field week after week after wow. week, look up and down this 21 slate. And you do not have to search very hard for someone that you would say that's either an all pro, someone who's in, in contention for all pro status this year, someone who's in pro football focuses top 10 receivers like these are the dudes and many of them reside within the division. You'll see them twice. Ain't no hiding, basically. That's what you right. said. <laughs> no, there, there is no hiding. And that's that's why he got the bag. Yeah, no absolutely. Man, there it is. That's the in the, the lens of JB Long, man. JB, I know you're a busy guy, had a lot going on, but man, I just want to thank you for the time today uh, here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Appreciate it, JB. Kirk, great to see you. We're going to have to have a conversation offline or again on this program about Ernest Jones, the uh, inside linebacker that South the Rams Carolina. hope is their future at that position. I need to ask you some questions about that pick and what he might mean to the uh, middle of the Rams defense under Raheem Morris. All right, well, let's, let's go find a tee time and we can do that. There we go. Like we got have 18 holes to do it, man. <laughs> Appreciate Good it, JB. The show, Kirk. Thanks for the invitation. All right, thank you. That's JB Long, the voice of the Los Angeles Rams. More LA Gridiron Weekly coming up next. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day weekend, everybody out there, Los Angeles, across the country, across the world, here on LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison, 877 espn 877-710-3776. Man, shout out to JB Long, Rams. The voice of the Rams joining us, man. Always, like I said, always feel smarter talking to JB. You know, we just talk football. And it's good to hear his backstory as well. And it's just this renaissance of the youthfulness that's kind of going around Los Angeles with the different sports teams and their announcers. So definitely uh, something to uh, take note of when you're listening uh, amongst the different sports here in Los Angeles. Coming up in a couple minutes, about 10 minutes from now, Austin Eckler, the Chargers running back. Austin Eckler, see what the Chargers have in store coming up and kind of get a recap of what happened last year. So we'll get Austin Eckler's thoughts on that coming up. But it's your phone calls again. And for all all those men patiently waiting, look, we had a jam show. And I'm glad that you are staying here with me and, and waiting it out and getting your opportunity to give me what you got. So let's go to the phone lines. I believe we have uh who we got up next, Steve? Punch up who's next. Louie. Let's go. Yeah, let's go to Louie. Louie out here. What's up, Louie? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great, Louie. Welcome to LA Gridiron Weekly. What you got for me? So the Ravens are known for taking advantage of the picks and drafting well, but I want to hear your thoughts on whether they took advantage or not on the picks they got from Kansas City from the Orlando Brown trade. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'll tell you this. I knew when the Ravens were one of four teams that had multiple first-round picks. The Ravens had 27 and 31. They traded Orlando Brown Jr., pick 31. Okay, I'm sorry. They traded Orlando Brown for pick 31. They got some other compensation as well. And so I wonder what would they do at 27 and 31, okay? To me, they got better. I love they, – they got what they needed. Number one – pick 27 which i thought they would go defensive end pass rusher 
They ended up going Rashad Bateman, one of the best receivers in this draft. He is everything that the Ravens need, right? Because you have you know Marquise Hollywood Brown and Louisville, a smaller wide receiver. This time, this time they got a little six foot two, two hundred pound uh, Rashad Bateman, who was one of the best route runners in college football. If you haven't watched Rashad Bateman, take a look at him. Uh, I thought that was great. But then when you look at their second pick, Odafe Owe, all right, but he was Jason Owe two weeks ago but he says when he now that he's drafted in the nfl he wants to go by adafe owe the outside linebacker from penn state i thought if you think about it for the ravens that's what they needed i mean honestly this is a team that went to the playoffs they won a playoff game but they need to help out lamar jackson they want to expand their passing attack. They already brought in sammy watkins to help out as well now you bring in a rashad bateman they got marquise um uh, Hollywood Brown. They've already got the tight end and Mark Andrews. The offensive line is now rebuilt. They signed uh, Villanueva. So I like what the Ravens did early on. They addressed a couple needs. And Lamar Jackson, I think, has expand his game even more and get back to that MVP caliber that he was two years ago when he won the award. Thanks. Yeah, they definitely uh, did well with their draft. I'm happy with it. Want to hear your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I again, mean, they did they, well. Well, Eric DeCosta is, is uh, carrying on the, what Ozzie Newsom uh, was doing in the past, and he's doing a great job, I think, and especially with free agency is being more aggressive. Um, and I'm very happy with uh, the, the route the team is going and the, where they're headed. Oh, man, appreciate it, Louie. Thank you for the phone call, Louie. Thank you for hopping in here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Let's take a couple more phone calls before we get to Austin Eckler. Let's go to Steve. Steve in LA. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Kirk, man. Hey, nice to talk to you. I think you do a great job. I'm a big Ram fan, but I want to talk about finally Chip Kelly's fourth year. He's yes. got depth, he's got some transfers in the program. They averaged 35 points a game last year. They were in every game except the turnover machine that's DTR. If he <laughs> yeah. can bring down the uh, the turnover machine, because, of course, he brought in a guy that on-the-job trading at a major college, you don't normally do that. So now it's his fourth year. It's his time to shine. I looked at their schedule, Kirk. Uh, they get by that LSU game, and they get some momentum. At worst, 7-5. and five. Things break their way. Nine and three. What's your take on Chip Kelly's fourth year now that he's got some troops and depth? Yeah, man, it's a great phone call, Steve. And look, I, I'll, I'll tell you this: um, I love Chip Kelly. I really do. Um, has sat down with him many a time, Steve. And uh, I actually had three UCLA games last year for ESPN College Football. So I've uh, I understand what you mean with the uh, turnovers with DTR. But I can tell you this, that right now in talking with the people around that program and in watching them last year, I got a lot high hopes for UCLA. It's We can call it year four for Chip Kelly, but let's be honest, the Pac-12 really kind of, I felt butchered 2021, you know, the late season that went into it and they didn't play. They, the Pac-12 was the last conference to actually play in college football last season. All right, they were the last conference, and most players had already opted out. Some players, so they ended up playing games, and they played well. Obviously, they had a nice couple of wins along the road. But to me, 
to see a full season for Chip Kelly. We can call this year four, but I can still technically say it's year three, maybe year three and a half. But I love what I saw from them last year. Defensively, they're going to be a lot better. They got some guys who they got their feet wet, but it's going to come down to the quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson. He found a nice little weapon in Greg Dulcich, that tight end. That's going to be huge for him. We'll see what they have on the outside in terms of uh, the wide receiving position. Can they get some guys to get deep down the field? The running back, you're going to be replacing Demetric Felton, right? The draft pick of the um, – uh, Demetric ended up going to the Browns, I believe. Yeah, so um, you know, nice pickup for them. So to me, I think to answer your question, man, it's it's Chip Kelly year three point five. But I finally understand what you're saying. They've got the depth. the 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 Chip Kelly culture has now been built, and so I think when you look at UCLA football, they are going to be, I, I think, much improved in 2021 than where they were in 2020. They got rid of a lot of bad seeds out of there, and you will be surprised at how many people want to come to Westwood to play football. Come to California now. With this new transfer rule, there's going to be a ton of guys wanting to play there. And that new uh, Jordan contract, the new apparel deal that UCLA has, trust me, it doesn't hurt as well. A lot of kids want to wear that Jumpman logo on their jersey. So, man, Steve, appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you for calling in to LA Gridiron Weekly here. But look, I'll take a little break because I can't wait to talk to Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, Los Angeles Chargers running back, Austin Eckler. He joins LA Gridiron Weekly coming up next here on 710 ESPN. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. Welcome back, LA Gridiron Weekly. And now, uh, we got another treat for you this week. Um, a guy who I've watched in his now fifth year as the running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's none other than Austin Eckler, man. Austin, man, thank you for joining LA Gridiron Weekly, man. How you how you doing? How you enjoying the offseason so far? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on. Offseason's been been going great, been staying really busy, which is uh, how I like it. Uh, been working out, getting ready for this upcoming season. You know, last week we just had the NFL draft. And so I know when draft time comes around, everyone has that draft moment, that draft story. Obviously, yours is a little bit unique because your name was not called on draft weekend, but yet you went undrafted. You've had success. You're already now into a second contract. But when the draft comes around, what, what's those moments feel, feel like for you? Uh, you know, I think you know, everyone's just searching for an opportunity. Um, that's what, you know, the draft is for me, or it was for me anyway. It was just another opportunity to show, hey, I can continue to play football at, at a higher level. And uh, like you said, my name did not get called that day. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't really matter to me. I just wanted to make sure I was in a spot where I had an opportunity. And, you know, the Chargers ended up, uh, you know, giving me an opportunity. And I, you know, kind of ran away with it. And now you fast forward, and like I said, you're already in your fifth year. Can you believe you've been in the NFL going on five years? Now? <laughs> I feel like I felt like Austin Eckler just got he's out great, here, dude. and he's already in year five, man. Just talk about how yeah. it's moved so fast for you. It really has, and I think I've just seen the progression of me becoming just, you know, a guy that was the young guy in the room. Now I'm the old guy in the room that's helping all these young guys trying to get going, right? And I'm, I'm 25, but I'm, I'm saying I'm the old guy in the room. But that's, you know, in athlete year, especially running back position, you know, it's starting to get – uh, towards the towards the back end, but um, still feel great at least. But uh, yeah, it, it really does move quick. I think it's because there's so much routine and you know what we do. It's you know the same thing every single week. So you know you get to a, a, a rhythm and it just feels like it just goes and it just goes really quick. It's like okay, Monday's my treatment. 
okay, you know, Sunday we're playing and there's recovery and just over and over again, week after week. And they get a little break to work out and then back at it again, season two, season three, season four, and they start stacking up. We're talking with Chargers running back Austin Eckler here on LA Gridiron Weekly. And look, Austin, the Chargers last couple seasons, um, after going to the playoffs, going 12 and four, winning a first round matchup versus the, the, the Ravens. Then you had the five and 11 last year, seven and nine, um, Anthony Lynn, no longer the head coach, but you got a new head coach in Brandon Staley. Um, have you spoke with Brandon? How much do you know about Brandon Staley? Cause he's not coming too far. Having spent, uh, the opposite locker room of you guys from the Rams. Have you talked to him? Have you spoke with him? Yeah, I mean, we're in our you know, off-season uh, virtual OTAs right now, so we talk to him pretty much every every day we are in meetings. Um, you know, he's just you know, really established how he wants to, to build a relationship with players. You know, he did that before we started meetings. Now we're getting into it. And I was just you know trying to make sure that we as players are staying healthy as far as COVID and as far as our training in the off-season. Um, I really appreciate him for that because that's what it's going to take. We need everyone to be able to be successful. You know, in the fall, we need everyone healthy. Uh, she, especially us last year, I think we had like over 50% of our cap on, the, on IR at one point. And so it's like, it's really hard to win games when the guys you're paying the most are not playing. Uh, so that's one of his big emphasis this uh, this season. I'm really looking forward to uh, just getting in person and can kind of meeting his or getting to meet him and just in, a, in, a, in a setting where he's like implementing what he wants to see from us on the field, right? That's that's what it's about when you get a new head coach. Like, coach, what do you want? Like, what's your message? What are you about? And you can get a little bit from that from Zoom, but I want to feel your energy, you know, when I'm around you so I can see and the team can see where like, you at. This guy really cares. You know, one of the things, Austin, you brought it up, man, last year, uh, some injuries that occurred for this Chargers football team. I know very well because I have a guy um, in Austin Eckler on my fantasy team. And so there was a crucial <laughs> six game stretch where I was looking for a guy who's one of the more productive backs in all of the NFL. But how did you guys deal with the injury? And especially for you dealing with really kind of your first injury of your career. Right. Um, well, I won't say a first injury, but the NFL is brutal. But um, yeah, man, like just for me, you know, it's just sitting on the sidelines, um, you know, it's just, it's just hard because I've never sat out that long. And I feel like my team's losing by, like, you know, one possession every game. And I'm just like, man, like, if only if I could be there. And I know all the rest of the guys are thinking that, too. I mean, like, Derwin, you know, he didn't get to play any of our games, you know, or, or you know, safety. Uh, and so, like, other guys, like, you know, Joey's out for a little bit. Melvin Ingram was out. So all these guys are, like, these our star players, our Pro Bowl players are, are out. And it's hard. you can't just replace that talent. Like, I know it's the next man up mentality. These guys are getting paid this much money for a reason, right? And so we have to have someone on the field, obviously, to go out there and play. But it really helps your consistency and playmaking ability when you know your star players are out. Um, and so we try to pick it up as much as we can. That's what we do. That's why we're a team. But it, it's going to hurt you in the end because um, you know that's that's what this game is. It's people competing at the highest level. So if you don't have the best of your best out there available, uh, your season's going to be inconsistent. And so I think that's got to be one of the biggest emphasis this offseason is how do we get everyone healthy to the regular season and try to keep that you know throughout the entire season even now we have 17 games right so a little bit longer season so uh it's, it's the challenge every team goes through every single year and that's you know you get new coaches to try to find new chemistry and try to find a new formula that's going to work for your team so um i can't tell you whether it's going to be good or not because only time <laughs> will tell only us playing will we'll let you know uh i know one thing is for sure though we're going to be working as hard as we can to make it work 
we're talking about the pride of Western Colorado University, Austin Eckler, Chargers running back um, here on LA Gridiron Weekly. And before Austin, we get to what you're doing off the field, because it's a long list of things. And people say, how do certain people come out of the pandemic? And I can tell you that Austin Eckler in 2020 was a man on a mission out on the off the field. So we're going to get into all of that um, in just a second. But I think the bigger news here in Los Angeles is that the Chargers have a quarterback in Justin Herbert now going into his second year, coming off of a rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year of tw- in 2020. At, at what point did you know, like, this guy was was good? Because obviously Tyrod Taylor started the season, and then we know what happened with him, The you know, something we don't even want to get into. Uh, all of a sudden, Justin was thrown in there because of an accident that happened. And then all of a sudden, he never relinquished the job. At what point did you know that Justin was ready to take on that role? For this team, you know, at the, after the first game, we got thrown in there. You know, he played well. We were playing the Chiefs, and it was like, okay, this guy's got some potential, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tyrod was still out for the next, you know, few weeks, and then you know, Justin played again and again. He was like, oh, this guy's actually, you know, pretty good. He's, you know, he's running around, he's making good decisions with the ball, he's throwing, he's showing his arm talent. Um, he can throw on the run. Uh, just things that we hadn't been accustomed to in a while with uh, with Philip, you know. And so it's like, okay, this guy's, you know, he's he's got the energy, he's got the that mentality where he's just ready to get out there, ready to be with the boys, and get better, and try to win football games. And you know, he basically forced his way into his starting role. But I think it was probably probably the, the Tampa Bay game where it was like, man, this guy's good. He was throwing bombs down the field, throwing strikes. Uh, he had like three of them, and uh, you know. He, put us in a position to try to win that game. Uh, but that was that was the story of our lives with the Chargers. We were just losing the last possessions. It's just like, what the heck is going on? But, you know, at that point, you know, it was, it was able, I was able to see, I, that's the game I actually got hurt, but I'm watching from the locker room uh, and then watching this guy just operate and just see this man just really develop as, as an NFL quarterback. And, you know, when I ended up coming back, you know, it just showed – uh, when I was out there in the huddle, like how much he developed, like now he's they call him protections. Like he's a very smart guy. Um, he, shoot, that was from Oregon. He had like a 4.0, but he's football smart too. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, just seeing him like call protection and him understand the offense and really start to gain his confidence. Cause at the very beginning we were really like trying to like, okay, let's comfort this guy. You know, he's in a very stressful, the most stressful position on the field probably as far as, you know, the, the amount of pressure that's put on you. Uh, but we had a lot of veteran guys around. Like, okay, we understand the offense. We get it. Like, if he messed up a play call, we'd, like, finish it for him or correct him just so he knew what page we were on. Uh, and so we were able to comfort him, and then he just took off from there. He was – yeah, he didn't need much comfort, and he just started doing his own thing, showing that, you know, Justin Herbert's the real deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. But uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're the real deal, man, off the field. And in 2020, you started the Austin Eckler Foundation. Foundation. Tell me about the Austin Eckler Foundation. Yeah, uh, long story short, the Austin Eckler Foundation is to really provide opportunities um, in communities so that kids and people um, can go experience more things in life. And why I think that's important is because I feel like the more you experience, especially at a younger age, and you have a little bit less responsibility, the more you can learn about yourself, the more you can learn about what you're passionate about, what you're not passionate about. Um, what I mean by that is, for example, I, for Santa Barbara High School, I just built a weight room. It's literally getting built right now. It's almost done. And so, like, for me, the weight room was just an opportunity for me to get into the space and really learn how to work hard, work with a team, social skills, and those things transfer to other parts of my life where I, I see those, you know, even today, I still love the weight room. I like living there. It's like therapy for me. Um, so that's my first project. The next projects will be 
probably outside of the weight room, just because I know everyone's not like, oh, I'm going to be in the weight room all the time like me, uh, but maybe more so into tech, just different like resources for technology or for things to get people outside. Uh, and that's that's the gist of, of where we're going with Austin Eckler Foundation. It's basically to help kids like myself. that were, I was young at one point, didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had a bunch of resources, right? So it helped me find what I liked. And so I want to have, I want to just do my part to make sure other people can have that opportunity as well. But also, too, in 2020, with so many people with the stay-at-home orders across the country, a lot of people spent time in their homes. But you developed the GGG, Gridiron Gaming Group. Tell me about the Gridiron Gaming Group and how you were able to come up with that concept and get so many guys involved. Yeah, so Gridiron Gaming Group started from me streaming. So as you mentioned, you know, everyone's staying at home. So I'm like, well, how can I connect with my community? I was like, well, I'm going to start a live stream. You know, and I was already, I'm already a big gamer. So I knew about Twitch and Twitch is usually like a gaming streaming platform, but I kind of took it and kind of used it in my own way where I wasn't necessarily gaming, but I was just really just having conversations, um, chatting with people. It was just basically, basically like a press conference for people to come and hang out. We played some games here and there, um, but now it's developed into like more mental health, talking about mental health, talking about physical health, social life and motivations. Just like the four things that I really think that you need to be like just strong on in your life to really feel like you're having a fulfilled life um, or being fulfilled at the time. And so those are the main things we talk about now. And then I, I just saw the benefits of me connecting with my community on a, a more personal level outside of football. And, you know, I started Gridiron Gaming Group, right, because I wanted to help other athletes, other people that were in the space that were already streaming. I wanted to help them connect with the community as well. And that's where Gridiron Gaming Group started. And now we've had two major events. Uh, we did an event for the Super Bowl, which is like a big social where we just like hung out with our communities, uh, did giveaways for the communities. And then we just did one for the first round of the draft. Um, we have gotten great attendance. Both of that, like multiple hundreds of thousands of people come watch. And uh, so it's, it's something that we're going to keep doing in the future. We have different athletes. Like I have Connor Daly. He's an IndyCar driver. Alicia Gray, she's WNBA. Uh, Tommy Kamey, he's a pitcher for the Dodgers. And I have some NFL guys um, in there as well. And so like we're going to do different uh, events based off my, my members, different like involvement, sports and platforms. So that's what we're looking to do. We're really looking to just connect the community with uh, their athletes that they love. So, uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitch or you can find us on Instagram. You can follow us all there. Uh, and see where, our, where our, we're live streaming because we live stream. There's probably someone live streaming right now. We usually have someone live streaming all the time. So yeah. it's a great way to just come connect, win some giveaways and hang out. All right. Just about a minute here left with Austin Eckler, Chargers running back. Um, for a guy like myself, you know, I'm a newly bald guy. One thing I've admired about <laughs> Austin Eckler is how he keeps that dome <laughs> looking nice and tight, keeping it nice and crisp. Uh, what, what any advice to a newly bald brother? <laughs> Hey, I mean, I would say, yeah, if you're going to go ball, just straight up commit. Like, let's let's commit to this thing, right? You guys see the people that, like, buzz it. Like, they say the ball. You're not ball. Come on. Yeah. Um, but, hey, if you're coming with me, I wasn't – see, I wasn't blessed with, like, a nice hairline. I don't know your situation. So, I had to commit at an early age. Otherwise, I was going to, you know, just look patchy and look like I was a little older than I was. So, yeah. Um, that, that's my advice. If you're going for it, hey, let's, let's commit. It's great. It's great. I wake up in the morning. I'm already looking like this. Like, I'm ready to go. So, <laughs> oh man, Austin, uh, Austin, the time and, and where, where could everybody, if they want to uh, uh, contribute, donate to the foundation, where could they f- uh, find the foundation at? Yeah, you can find the foundation at austineckler.com. 
Um, and then it has basically all of my involvements in there as far as, you know, I have a lamp company, my foundation, Gridiron Gaming Group, like everything that I'm involved in, AustinEckler.com. Uh, we have our own clothing line as far as foundation and all the, all the proceeds go to do the foundation projects. So if you want to contribute that way and get some cool gear that makes you look really buff, uh, <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Austin, this has been a blast, man. I appreciate the time. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you down, down the road soon. But if not, best of luck, man. We'll see you out there at SoFi this year. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> that was Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Whew. Wednesday, May 12th, the NFL schedule is released. I can't tell you what. I cannot wait to tell you why I can't wait. That's coming up next here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Man, great show today, everybody. Great show, L.A. Gridiron Weekly. So much that we got accomplished today. And guess what? We still not done, even though we're up against the time. It's always my favorite part of the show. It's time for the two-minute drill. All right, just under two minutes. I told you guys, the Wednesday, May 12th, the NFL will release its schedule. I cannot wait for so many different reasons. And for me, I wanted to give you quickly the checklist. I'll do this today, but I'll also give it to you next week as well on next week's edition of L.A. Gridiron Weekly. My checklist was always this as a player. When the schedule came out, I wanted to know, number one, where do we start? Where do we finish? Are we on the road to begin? Are we at home to begin? Where are we ending at? Are we going to be at home? Are we on the road? Are we in a cold weather city, warm weather city? That's what I wanted to know first. Number two, when is my bye week? When does my team have a bye week? Is it early? Is it late? Is it in the middle? You always want to know. Number three, the holidays. Were you playing on Thanksgiving? Were you playing on Christmas? New Year's. You always want to have that just because you want to set up those distractions, get those out of the way early on. Number four, when is my Monday night game or primetime games? When do we play on a Thursday? When do we play on Monday night, Sunday night? Always want to have those circles so you can get into your routine. And number five, the one thing that I always wanted to know is when are you playing those big-time rivalry games? Those are the ones within the division. You always want to know how do those begin, how do those end. That was my criteria. I'm going to go into this deep again next week on the Kirk Morrison criteria of what the schedule will look like. And then we'll go over the schedule for your favorite team, Rams, Chargers, whoever it is. You want to talk about their schedule, we'll talk about that next week on LA Gridiron Weekly. For Jim Nagy, Austin Eckler, J.B. Long, Steve Pallett, my engineer, Chris Morales on the board, this has been LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN.